0: Hi, this is John Delancey, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network.
1: It's time for the Telecast, brought to you by
0: the GeekCast Radio Network. And here is your host for the show, Optimus
1: Solo. Thank you once again, mouse chipmunk and guy with a really deep voice. As they said, I am your host, Optimus Solo, and I would like to say hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Telecast, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network. Today, I am joined by TFG1 Mike... And together we'll be talking about. Who's the leader of the Trump that's made for you and me? MIT, KGY, MOUSE. high, they're whole, good, as welcome as can be. MIT, KGY, MOUSE. Making out, Forever let us hold our banner high. Mickey Mouse up! Mickey Mouse up! we'll have fun, we'll meet new faces, we'll do
0: things and we'll go places, all around the world we're marching. <coughs>
1: That's right, folks. We are talking about the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, and before we get too far into our discussion, here's a little background information on the show. The all-new Mickey Mouse Club would be the version that debuted in 1989 and ran until 1995, and then in reruns for a few years after that. It was shown on the Disney Channel. It was a 30-minute show, and this iteration of the Mickey Mouse Club lasted seven seasons and Somewhere around um, the 360 episodes is for the total Mickey Mouse Clubs, all from beginning to end. I, I wasn't able to locate exactly how many episodes aired during this Segment these seven seasons um, But it was on for seven seasons And quite a few episodes uh, For those of you that don't know The all new Mickey Mouse Club Is a variety show featuring child performers uh, The show had segments consisting of uh, Saturday Night Live-esque skits Done by kids uh, Comedy bits Songs Music videos Um highlights from the concerts that the Mickey Mouse Club would perform live um kind of a mixture of Saturday night live meets um you can't do that on television meets uh disney all wrapped up in one uh so what are your memories of the all new Mickey Mouse Club did you remember this version of the show or did you only have recollections of of the Classic Mickey Mouse Club show that's been airing, you know, back in the 1950s through the 60s and 70s. What memories do you have of the Mickey Mouse Club in general?
0: None. None?
1: <laughs> you don't ever <laughs> remember don't, seeing don't, this?
0: I, I don't even remember. I don't even know why I'm here now because I actually went on YouTube and I looked for several episodes, and I know we'll have a discussion on that and its availability later, but. I wanted to prepare, obviously, and I wanted to be able to watch a few episodes before we came on and did this, and I, you know, I searched out a few, and I found a few clips on YouTube. Um, I do not remember anything about... First of all, 1989, I didn't even know the Disney Channel... Well, like and, Until I started researching the Disney Channel in the last, I don't know, five, six years... I thought they started in, like, 95, 96. I didn't realize they were around all the way back at, you know, the last year of the decade of the 80s. I just had no clue, I guess. Did
1: you have any recollections
0: of the older version, the 50s version? No.
1: That's the one that probably my strongest memory is because of the, uh, what we'll get to a little bit later, but um, the old one had a specific kind of intro and uh, and what they called a roll call. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and that song, I, I remember very distinctly. I don't remember watching a lot of episodes, and I couldn't tell you what the original Mickey Mouse Club consisted of, other than the roll call, kids with ears on their heads, and mm. and you know that type of thing. That's about all I could remember in the intro theme. Um, mm. I don't necessarily remember watching a lot of this version, the one that started in 1989. Now, obviously, this is the block of the telecast that we're handling uh, musical centered or based uh, kids live action shows from the 80s and 90s. Uh, We already talked about um, the elephant show from Sharon Lewis and Bram. Uh, I probably have a few more memories of the show we'll talk about next episode, Kids Incorporated. Um, I don't know why I saw more episodes of that than the all new Mickey Mouse Club. I have no clue. It must have just been on the right channel at the right time on the right day um, that I saw that. It was before I knew anything about. A certain star of that show, um, so that wasn't the reason why I was tuning in. But uh, I do remember the Mickey Mouse Club existing um, as a child. Though I wouldn't have known like how many iterations it had, and how many versions it had, and what the differences were. I just kind of remember that it was uh, some type of variety show with with child performers, and that's about the extent of my of my memories of that show at all.
0: I mean, honestly, they use the you know they use the theme song. They use M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U. Uh-huh. They use that everywhere. It's not just for the Mickey Mouse Club. I mean, they that, that song spelling out Mickey's name, Disney uses it and used to use it everywhere. So I remember that. That's probably yeah. the only thing I remember about the show is that. Um and I went back and I looked at some of the some of the skits and some of the clips I found on YouTube and I found one of the full intros once uh, three certain future pop starlets joined the show and uh-huh. oh my god <laughs> you put I mean, it's like yearbook type pictures it's like, oh my god you put BS, uh, JT, and CA together with their pictures from this show the yeah. pictures of what they look like now, it's night and day. I, I, I always knew about
1: certain people that were on the show, and then growing up always remembering, oh, they got their start on that show. I somewhat remember that or whatever, but I did not know um, the extent of who was uh, involved with the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Um, by far version that spawned the most stars. Um, if you go back mm-hmm. to the '50s version, if you go back to uh, there was like a, um, a reboot or a, you know a rehash, I think in the '70s. Um, mm-hmm. Either late 60s or early 70s That didn't produce the number of stars I mean, there's some There's a couple names here and there that you'll recognize But when it comes to this one This by far produces the most stars In a variety of different walks of, of life When it comes to the, the celebrity sphere I guess you could say um, mm-hmm. Which I guess is a good transition Into the who's who Of the all new Mickey Mouse Club um, There was 35 different Mouseketeers, and I'm not going to name all 35, because um, that would be kind of pointless. But I will name the ones that you are probably most familiar. Um, and that would start with JC. Um, JC from, was it NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? NSYNC. NSYNC. Um, so JC Shaze. Chaz-
0: How you say his last name? Was in the Mickey Mouse
1: Club from 1991 to 1995. Tony Luca, who a lot of people probably were reintroduced to during the Voice um, a couple years ago, was on the same years. Carrie Russell uh, was on there from 1991 to 1993. Uh, Christina Aguilera from 93 to 95. Ryan Gosling from 93 to 95. Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake from 1993 to 1995. So JC, Tony Luca, Carrie Russell, Christina Aguilera, Ryan Gosling, Britney Spears, and Justin Timberlake were all on this show.
0: Two members of NSYNC and two pop princesses. Wow. wow.
1: That's just <laughs> insane. The number of people that were on this show. And
0: but it but it kind of just goes to show you, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it just goes to show you that we didn't know as children of that era we didn't know half of you know the other thing is they don't give their last names they just give their first names you right. know so we don't know who they are and what they've done and you got to you got to remember folks this is back in a time when there was no internet there was no finding out who a star was unless you don't do this at home kids and don't ever do this unless you stalk them or Mm -hmm. you know hunt them down i mean uh, back in the olden days it was a lot harder to find out who was on what show well you had to rely on
1: on one of two things you had to rely on other television shows Mm -hmm. or the teen bop 16 um (sighs) whatever the other names of those magazines were that all the girls had back in the day. I I don't even have a clue what they were. But that is where you got your information. That's where people learned about their little, uh, you know, the other celebrities Mm -hmm. that they... I I guess when you're a kid, this is a a certain sphere, because it's not like... It's different from when you are a a child and you are looking up to a professional athlete, when you're looking up to, um, you know, a lead singer of some band... And you have a crush on these adults. There was also, there's also this whole thing that kind of happens, or at least back when we were growing up. I don't know if it it, as much, maybe it is. But uh, when you're growing up and you're kind of going through your adolescence, where a lot of people, especially the girls, during the middle school years, junior high years, develop crushes not just on these like impossible to actually Mm -hmm. be with, you know, older. Athletes or stars or singers, but with people their age. Mm-hmm. It was something that um, probably wasn't as big of a thing in certain times of our history, but like during this time period, with all those types of magazines going on, with the different types of shows that were featuring live action uh, kids, kid actors, child actors, um, you had a lot of people that were developing crushes and. Stuff on kids that were their age, kids that could have been in their school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a, a, an easier one-to-one uh, way to relate to them, and that's why you had all these magazines develop where you could get the gossip on all these different, you know, whatever got you know boys that the girls had crushes on, and that type of mm-hmm. thing. But you're right; there wasn't. The, it wasn't like the same where you know you had the internet or YouTube or or, or this, that, and the other to all, you know. Find out about them nowadays. It's uh, that same atmosphere doesn't quite exist in the same way as it did back then. And uh, shows like this and Kids Incorporated and a couple other ones were that outlet. That was the only place you could go to see these people. So that's what you would have done. You would have been, you know, there was a following. They actually had concerts where people are screaming for these actors Mm -hmm. and these Mm -hmm. singers who haven't done anything in their life at that Mm -hmm. point to warrant the types of followings that they already had. Mm. And so it's just a crazy thing that existed within the walls of something like the all-new Mickey Mouse
0: Club. I mean, look, let's just take a look at the two pop princesses. I mean, you know, me personally, I put Christina above Britney as far as talent goes. Um, I think but- most people would. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they both kind of broke out in 98, 99. And that's at least since the time they were on the show, that's five, six years since they were on this show. Because so, they both started 93 and they went to 95. So, you know, their singing careers launched by the time christina was 19 her her singing career she had you know uh uh, her self-titled album she had you know genie in a bottle and all that stuff and well for christina
1: the 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 first time you know that she really really jumped onto the scene was when she and and people still didn't know who she was but the Mm -hmm. first time that you heard her was actually probably in um the song reflection uh for mulan Mm-hmm. In '98, in because that's before any of her um, CDs come right. out, really. Right. That's before yeah. she becomes popular at all, uh, and that's you know just her just doing a song through her connections with Disney, etc. Or whatever, um, you know. And that's '98. That's still three years after the show.
0: hmm So. I, I mean, yeah, and honestly, I didn't even. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong. I love Christina. I love almost everything she does, except for those few years in between. Um, you know, the bionic and all that. Th- those years it was a little, little strange. But um, but uh, you know, I, I you know I, I loved when, when she did stripped. I loved when she, you know her latest album came out a few years ago. Um, but I completely had no clue that was her in Milan. At yeah, the time when that, a lot of did. At the time when that film came out, had no idea. Right. Um, you know, because, uh, I mean, once Jeannie in a Bottle hit, I mean, she was golden. The entire that entire first You know, style, into the
1: TRL era. And oh, that yeah. Was a whole new, <laughs> that was a whole new venue now that MTV uh, had captured for people seeing their mm-hmm. fellow child star, you know, heroes, crushes, whatever because now we're into the era where you have music videos and and shows like that where they're interviewing them, et cetera, et cetera. Now all of a sudden you had a lot more access than existed three years prior, four years prior when the Mickey Mouse Club existed. Um, In watching back some of the stuff um, for the all-new Mickey Mouse Club and seeing some of these stars, um, it's interesting. Some of them look like they do in a way. I mean, they're easily... Easy enough to identify. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, Britney Spears somewhat looks like Britney Spears still in the face. Um, Ryan Gosling definitely looks like Ryan Gosling. If you know that that's who it is, you'll be like, I can see the connection. Carrie Russell looks identical.
0: Oh, yeah. She's never changed. I mean, by the between the time she was here and the time she got to being Felicity, mm-hmm. to even you look at her now in stuff like Mission Impossible 3 or you watch any episode of the current FX television series. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: Sorry, we were looking for
0: Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's the Americans. She looks, her beauty has not aged at all oh. in the last 20 or so years. Just hasn't.
1: JC Chazé looks... You could easily identify him. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake, I think if you know who you're looking for, you will you can identify him enough. Christina Aguilera is probably the hardest one to recognize
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in certain ways because she looks so much different now. Um, um, so looking at her as that childhood version is very hard to kind of make the connection compared to these other ones. But when you hear them singing... Mm-hmm. Christina comes shining through, and you're like, That's Christina Aguilera. You know, if, yeah, if they're trying to
0: know. You're trying no to pick change. them out,
1: you don't know, and then all of a sudden they're singing, and you hear a couple of them singing. You like, Oh, that's Christina right there. Um, she was phenomenal, even at this age. Absolutely. Which I'm guessing was 16 ish, 15.
0: 93 to 95, she was born the same year as I was, so she was between 13 and 15 when yeah, she was so, on the show. So
1: 15 towards the end, 14, 15. Yeah. She already had a phenomenal voice. Um mm-hmm. You know, when when The Voice aired a few years ago and she was one of the <laughs> judges on certain seasons, I don't know if she ever made the comment, but you get the comment a lot from the judges that was like, I don't even know what I was doing when I was 16 or when I was, mm-hmm. well, if, if Christina ever said that, somebody should have pointed out that no.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Here's the thing. I know. See, for me, I remember. Like for me, season three of the Voice is my favorite season because that was the year that Lotus came out. That was the year her most recent album, uh, back in 2011, came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I remember season three very vividly. They made a huge deal in season three of the Voice about Christina, about her album, and about the fact that her the. I remember how they tagged this going into commercial. They said, and someone, some guy from Christina's past is going to be reintroduced to her. And I was like, what are they doing on this show? This is supposed to be a family show. What the hell is going on here? And it turns out that Tony Luca auditioned for The Voice close to almost... 20 years after he was on the mickey mouse club with her and i love how they did that and they did i do i don't remember exactly what was said but when he came up and did his audition she did talk about being on the mickey mouse club
1: i know just a lot of times they're like i don't even know what i was doing when i was 16 you're so good doing this and it's like no you were you were doing this when you were like 14 13 so Mm -hmm. um there was also, uh, there was a group of people that actually did form their own band, sort of, that were through the Mickey Mouse Club, um, which was called The Party. Um, it included Albert Fields, Tiffany Hale, Chase Hampton, Dee Dee Hall, and Damon Pampolino. Um, I'm not familiar with any of them or with the band that they kind of uh, formed. But they did mm-hmm. have some uh, some singles and uh, at least one album that uh, that was produced, um, so that came out of the show as well. There was some adult co-hosts, um, none of which I'm really familiar with. Um, and
0: then there was a was ton. The, was the old guy Fred Wolf? Fred Newman. Okay, then maybe that. Yeah. See, when I saw the the intro mm-hmm. and he just introduced himself as Fred. I thought it was like Fred Wolf or, you know, somebody like that was a huge, big, big name right. TV guy. That's that's who I thought it was. But obviously I was wrong. Gotcha.
1: Um and they also had a ton of guest stars. One of the things about the show, kind of similar to like the Muppet show or, or things like that, was uh, that they did bring quite a few guest stars in throughout the different seasons. A lot of big names, uh, boys to men. Um, they would bring in actual uh, people that would play the characters from their show, like uh, DJ Tanner from Full House, Candace Cameron, uh, Tatiana mm-hmm. Ali as Ashley Banks from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, Jody sweeten Sweetin as Stephanie Tanner from Full House. Those, those people all guest stars. They would have been about the same age. Um, Celine Dion. Whitney Houston, um, the Mighty Ducks cast at one point, <laughs> New Kids on the Block, uh, Tiffany. So, I mean, they had a lot of different guest stars throughout the seasons, That uh, and that's just a partial list. There was a ton mm-hmm. more um, that supplemented I mean, the show as well.
0: Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, I can kind of see. Boys to Men, I can kind of see. What in the Sam hell was Richard Marks doing on season five of <laughs> of the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it like, looks like they got a, both a variety of, uh, of, of musicians, singers, yeah. a variety of actors that were around the same age or popular at the same time. I know they got people outside of that, though, too. I saw some clips where they were um, talking to, uh, like, uh, what's her name? Carrie Strug, um, gymnast mm-hmm. for uh, the USA back in 95, I believe it was. Um, so they would, you know, reach out to a variety of different things it wasn't strictly music related they mm. would you know in their skits or in their kind of informational things they would they would go to a lot of different things whether it be athletics or um just general stuff so a lot of guest stars so you, you know if anybody was to watch through all the, the episodes they would get a good taste of who was popular and who was in the now back in the mid 90s early to mid 90s um I think one reason why more people act like they remember the Mickey Mouse Club is because of the number of names associated with it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think some of it's just by association, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I used to watch that show." I don't. I don't believe as many people watch this show as as admit or say they did. Mm-hmm. I think they just hear a lot of these names and they're like, yeah, I watched that show when I was a kid. It's like some type of badge of honor. Um, I don't know, but it has so many names connected to it that, that a lot of people somehow think that they saw it or relate to it. I'm not saying people didn't watch it. Obviously, people watched the shows. It was on for seven seasons. But uh, this is in my prime. You know, I was only, let's see, I was between 10 and 15. These would have been, These are all people my age. Mm -hmm. Um, And I watched a crap ton of TV, and I know I watched a few episodes here and there, but I don't remember it remembered. I didn't know I was watching Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no clue Kerry Russell and Ryan Gosling were in this at all.
0: Yeah, I didn't remember those two. Well, I mean, honestly, until recently, I never even knew who the hell Ryan Gosling was until he, his movie career blew up over the last few years so right you know i just i honestly thought a few years ago when he exploded onto the film scene in hollywood i thought oh yay another new young actor hadn't realized he had been on stuff in the past <laughs> um and i i'm sorry i want my dollar 27 back redbox drive was one of the worst movies i've ever seen
1: He's done a lot of good stuff, though. He has done a lot of good stuff. I haven't seen Drive, so I can't comment on it. But I have liked him. I liked him in quite a bit of the stuff he's done in the last three, four years. But yeah, did not know that he had a childhood music career on the Mickey Mouse Club, I guess. Um, and he was so tiny on that show. Goodness! For anybody that is a fan of any of these people, or just want to have like a fun trip down memory lane, you got to check out some clips from this show to see the childhood versions of all these people, um, to see how they act, see how they sing. Um, I was, we'll get some more into it when we get to the next segment, but uh, there's some interesting stuff that's in there for these people, especially mm-hmm. if you know the history of their life and the stuff that has happened, good, bad, or the ugly um, within their life. So,
0: all right, and, and I mean, I guess, honest, on, but, honestly, one last thing on the favorite of the two pop stars here. Uh, she only has to sing one single note, and you automatically know. I mean, you could be in your kitchen making lunch, and you know, as soon as you hear her, just you know, even practicing, you know, it's Christina Aguilera. She doesn't even have to belt out the notes. As soon as she. You
1: know, she did even have some of the same stylistic things that she does now back then, though. It's funny to watch. If you watch her sing a couple different songs from back on the Mickey Mouse Club, you can even see some of the stuff that she does. It's just kind of patented. Mm. Christina Aguilera, she even had back then. Well, wasn't the stuff mm. that she developed later. It was stuff that she had right from the get-go. Awesome. So that's the who's who for the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, which means it is now time for... The Good. The The Bad. That's right. It is the good, the bad, and the ugly about the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Um, first of all, you have things like the theme song and the intro. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a variation of the classic theme song that probably most people would know or, or that they've heard, kind of like you said, that, you know, M I that's been used for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um most prominently the Mickey Mouse Club but but it's been used for a lot of things and this is a 90s you know late 80s early 90s version of that Um, you know it kind of fits right into the culture of you know like Saved by the Bell type stuff you know that vibe um, where it's trying to, you know, California Dreams, that type of thing where it's trying to be hip, trying to be cool for the kids but still that same theme song and and along with the theme song usually was a roll call feature which uh, introduced the people, like I said, by their first name not their last name, but just their first name um, mm-hmm. so usually you would get a, a rundown of at least the people that got the most quote unquote screen time for the show mm-hmm. um, so that's one thing, that's probably the thing I remember most about the show was the theme song and the roll call and I enjoyed both of those features
0: Yeah, I mean I I enjoy them I think they're interesting Uh, it's one of those things where the funny thing about this Mickey Mouse Club is I was expecting Mickey to be more involved honestly I mean like he's not even he's there in the background they have the ears and I know the ears are a badge of honor because it's you know it's his namesake club but damn it man stop making children with Minnie and work your club already
1: work your club um, the show also uh, had theme days, so they would have music day, uh, guest day, anything that can happen day, party day, Hall of Fame day. So they had themes for their days, and it, you know, depending on what season you are, you know, that would be like a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever. So you kind of knew what you were tuning in for. Um, the show generally aired a little bit uh, later than you would think. Um, from my research here, it, it aired weekdays and it usually aired not like it wasn't like a right after school type thing it was Mm. more of a like a dinner time thing Mm. um 5 30 is what i found as far as early times and then later on like seven o'clock um or something like that so it was uh they were later in the day than you would expect it was more of a kind of Maybe watch it together with your family before dinner, after dinner, during dinner, I guess, if you're a TV tray family. Um, so it wasn't like a, a right after school thing, but it was a Monday through Friday thing. And with these theme days, you kind of knew what to expect going in, depending on what day of the week it was. I, I don't know if that was, uh, pr- you know, if, if people think that helped or hampered or, or what it did for the success of the show. I mean, it was on seven seasons, so maybe it did help, even though they did flip those from time to time. But I think that's a decent idea. Um, a lot of the shows like this and a lot of things with this type of format you would have all of that wrapped up in one you know almost like when with the, the Muppet show or whatever where you have something and it's like you do music then you go and interview a guest and then you do a comedy skit and then you do this and that you know what I mean it's all in one show absolutely whereas these shows more so focused on one day all being about you know a certain guest so everything revolved around that or it all you know revolved around music Type of thing, so I think part of that is because it's not an hour-long show. Usually, it's a it was usually about a thirty-minute show, Mm -hmm. so it was easier to focus on just one thing for that thirty minutes, probably because you didn't have an hour to fill and rotate things and stuff like that. So, um, an interesting format, nonetheless. Even though I don't remember that aspect of it from when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, and even when I watched the the one that I found on YouTube. I I don't know what it is. I really only wanted to see it for seeing the people I knew who were in it. And I know that may sound bad, but um, I think I, that's. Generally- I watched one one skit. I watched one skit and I I clicked off of it. I was done. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. The skit that I watched had to do with a military style mother and she had a bunch of the Mickey Mouse Club kids or had a bunch of kids that were in the show or whatever. Like, they weren't any of the ones that we knew. Um, and they were all lining up, and she was giving them the rules of riding in the, uh, the the carpool. And it's just so ridiculous over-the-top Saturday Night Live copycatting. I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I think that's part of the draw for a show like this is to see what these uh, celebrities were like as a child, um, you know, see what their personalities were like, what their singing or acting was like. I think that's mainly why someone tunes into this. I guess if you were if you were tuning in to something for the skits mm-hmm. from this era, I would direct you instead to you can't do that on television Because they focused on the skits, their things were a little more off the wall, a little more how did they get this past a show on TV, Um, a a little more edgy, and therefore a little more watchable, I think. Um, Whereas, you tune into this one either for the stars or for the music. Mm -hmm. The skits is just time filler in between stuff, really. (laughs) maybe to get another cl- different side of the the performers and a different look at them. But you tune in this one strictly for the music for the most part. Hmm. So uh, go ahead.
0: No, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. And the sad thing is I didn't even want to fast forward to the music. The skit was so cheesy. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, all right. Well, we'll get into, uh, Another segment of the show that uh, we like to start off with this things that, things that make you go. Hmm. That's right, it's time for Things You Didn't Know About the All New Mickey Mouse Club. Things that make you go. Hmm. All right, number one, previous to the original TV series, there was a theater based Mickey Mouse Club. The first one started on January 4, 1930 in Ocean Park, California with 60 theaters hosting clubs by March of that year. The club released its first official issue of uh, the official bulletin of the Mickey Mouse Club in 1930 and by 1932 the club had 1 million members. In 1933, its first British club opened. In 1935, with so many clubs around the world, Disney begins to phase out the club and eventually would lead to the television show. So it was literally a club to begin with um, that had a bulletin that was put out and everything. So this thing dates back quite a ways.
0: I cannot imagine... (laughs)
1: It reminds me of like- no,
0: no, no. I, I just cannot imagine M I C K E Y M O U S A in the Great Depression era. <laughs> I just can't friggin' imagine that. Like, I you know, 1929, 1930, after the Stark market crash, we're in the Great Depression. You know, you had Prohibition. I, I, I can imagine, you know, stuff like that. I can imagine stuff like Elliot Ness and Al Capone and the Untouchables and all that. But an actual Mickey Mouse club? Yeah, no.
1: everybody needs their positivity in times of need, but uh it reminds me of like the clubs that existed back in the day like Nintendo Power type thing. I and mean, it's not really a club but like that same yeah. instance where it's all just a bunch of random kids that are in their homes around the world but they, you know, write in or send in whatever to feel like they're mm-hmm. part of this bigger club. Um, The second thing that you might not know about the Mickey Mouse Club, the Mickey Mouse Club was Walt Disney's second venture into producing a television series, the first being the the Walt Disney Anthology television series, initially titled Disneyland. Um, Disney (laughs) used both shows to help finance and promote the building of Disneyland. Um, So yeah, it was the anthology series and the original Mickey Mouse Club that were the first two television ventures by Disney, and that is what helped fund the building of Disneyland. (laughs) so interesting here this next one is specifically for the all-new mickey mouse club something you might not know there the series was canceled because producers didn't think the new cast members were strong enough talent wise to carry on the show
0: you asshats remember those
1: new talents all the ones we mentioned were almost all the new ones at the end Mm-hmm. You know, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera—those were the new cast members he's referring to. Those were the people that came on at the end. Apparently, not as good as the people at the beginning, so they decided to cancel the show.
0: Yep, yeah, I love the next two facts. I wish you could
1: I, I, I wish you could uh, interview the guy who decided to the producers that canceled <laughs> All right, uh number 4 thing that you might not know about the all new Mickey Mouse Club. Jessica Simpson and Matt Damon were rejected, did not make the cut for the all new Mickey Mouse Club.
0: I understand why Jessica Simpson and all as I can think about Matt Damon is Matt Damon to me um because we are both from Massachusetts, and all as I can think of is he had too much of an accent as to why he was rejected. Because, when you know, you don't, normally when we pull out the Boston accent and we drop the ahs and all this and all that, it's like, no, kid, we're not hiring you. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I could have seen um, Jessica Simpson in there, though. She was the same type of age before she was older, before she was completely found out to be dumb and dizzy. But as a yeah. kid, you can get away with that. Um, Number five thing that you might not know about the all-new Mickey Mouse Club Nick Carter auditioned for a spot on the same team as Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Justin Timberlake and Ryan Gosling They usually divided the cast into different colored teams Mm -hmm. He was offered the part, but decided to pursue another offer to form a vocal group Which eventually became the Backstreet Boys And luckily he did, because right after that the producers canceled the show so
0: no, no, when I first read this in the script the first thing I thought of was oh great because Nick decided not to take the job the show got canceled <laughs> it's <laughs> all Nick Car it's all the backstreet boys fault <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't have him in there with the NSYNC people uh, uh, sure uh, you could that could have been the be- that could have been the beginning of the of the pop war
1: <laughs> and the last thing for this week that you might not know about the all new Mickey Mouse Club was Lindsay Alley Jennifer McGill and Josh Ackerman only three cast members that were in awe every season. So there was a lot of rotating cast members. Only three people lasted from the beginning till the end. All right, so it's time for us to go all VH1 on you and answer the question, Where are they now? I know some of this will be obvious, but we will cover it all just in case somebody's been living in a rock, under a rock, <laughs> in a cave, or however that saying goes. Let's start with the easy ones. Obviously, Christine Aguilera, we know where she is now. She is a <laughs> mongoose pop star. Um, you know, like we said, she went on to do the reflection in, in Mulan. Um, she went on to have a ton of different c- CDs out there. Um, she Judge on the voice, uh, sh- she's just about done it all. So
0: she's currently uh, dealing with her second b- birth of her second child, Summer Rain Rutler. Um, she, which I-, I can only imagine if that child grows up to you know fill in her footsteps. Oh my god. I can I just imagine that I, now. I
1: will say that uh, we can easily probably pin Christina Aguilera as the second most successful Mickey Mouse Club cast member. She is super successful, but I would say that she is second most successful behind our next one, which would be Justin Timberlake, only for the diversity that Justin Timberlake has, maybe that Christina Aguilera doesn't, because um, mm-hmm. he's been successful outside of music, into acting, into a, you know skits and everything. Um, obviously, he went on to join In Sync. He went solo. He's acted in movies like The Social Network. He just got married to Jessica Biel um, a while back. Um, been doing a lot of movies. He's had the whole Lonely Island thing. So mm-hmm. we all know what Justin Timberlake's doing now. So
0: <laughs> not
1: a lot to need to go over there. Um, Ryan Gosling. Uh, He starred as young Hercules before doing films like The Notebook. Uh, He was nominated for an Oscar for his work in Half Nelson and scored Golden Globe nominations for Blue Valentine, The Ides of March, and probably one of my favorite roles for him, Crazy Stupid Love. So didn't do much more as far as singing or variety show type stuff, but he definitely got into acting, which is where most people are going to know about him now. So... That's what Ryan Gosling is doing now. I don't know if anyone can answer the question, what is Britney Spears doing now? Um, (laughs) If you want, we said that Justin Timberlake was probably the most successful cast member. Um, Britney Spears is probably the most (laughs) dramatic cast member as far as all the different ups and downs that she's had since the show. She's been married twice. Um, has two kids, had a public meltdown, shaved her head, went bald. She's currently, though, if you want to specifically answer the question of what she's doing now, um, she was just recently doing a a show in Las Vegas. I don't know if that's technically still going on.
0: Um, I'm trying to see here. I don't think so.
1: It was at some point during this year, but I don't know if it still is, but that was the most recent thing that she's done besides, obviously, doing a lot of different appearances and songs and this, that, and the other, trying to grasp on tightly to her pop star slash quote unquote career or whatever you want to call it.
0: Mm. But She was a judge in American Idol for a little while.
1: Yeah, she was also a. Uh, um, was she on X-Factor 2 or just American
0: Idol? Mm, she I had someone to... from
1: her past that came and tried to audition too and he was <laughs> scary bad and he was scary <laughs> in the fact that he couldn't even like speak to her. Um, kind of freaked her out a little bit. Um, J.C. uh I'm probably saying that name wrong and everybody hates me but I don't care uh, obviously he went on to be in NSYNC with Justin Timberlake as well as trying a uh, solo career he was also a judge on America's Best Dance Crew mm-hmm. um, moving on to some of the maybe lesser known oh wait we still got Carrie Russell I forgot about her um, obviously her mm-hmm. biggest role afterwards would be Felicity she won a Golden Globe
0: mm-hmm. yeah. oh,
1: she's had two kids uh, went through a divorce last year um, but very much, obviously, still in the acting route. Kind of her and Ryan Gosling took the acting route, whereas most of yeah. the other ones took the music route.
0: Yeah, I will say, ladies and gentlemen, she has... Um, oh, she was in one of your favorite franchises this year. Dawn. She was in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, You know, most recently, the most recent movie people will remember her from obviously is dawn of the planet of the apes she was the voice of wonder woman in 2009 for that dc animated universe film most recently in television uh 2013 to present she plays uh soviet spy elizabeth jennings on fx's the americans i love this show not just because of her but that's one of the main reasons but I mean she uh, the way this show is written I've said this before The Americans is basically about the Cold War It's uh, it's about us in the 80s against the Soviets and a show like this could not have been done before last year it just could not have been done and how they do this show is so amazing and she is such a great actress on this show
1: Alright, and then getting into some of the maybe lesser known, I mean those were kind of the headliners, but into some of the rest of the cast here, uh, Nikki Deloach, who was a uh, Mouseketeer, um, was a member of Innocence, which was managed by Timberlake's mom. She later appeared on Fox's North Shore and currently stars on MTV's show Awkward. So uh, her career did not end with the Mickey Mouse Club in any way, shape, or form. Um, Mm -hmm. Dale Godboldo went on to star on two short-lived sitcoms, Kristen and Shasta McNasty. Um, Apparently, he also (laughs) played an agent in Thor, so he's clinging maybe to an acting career as much as he can. Jennifer McGill has appeared in stage productions of Grease, Into the Woods, and A Chorus Line throughout the different states in the country. She also toured with Michael Jackson Tribute Group, The Ultimate Thriller, in 2011. Um... Who else do we have here? Um, we got, oh, uh, well, hold on. We got uh, Matt Morris, who continued to work with his uh, Mickey Mouse cl- uh, co star Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera and co wrote her hit Can't Hold Us Down. And he released an album on JT's label in 2010. So that's the most recent for him. Uh, Rona Bennett, biggest role was on Nicole on the Jamie Foxx show. Um, she was also a member of En Vogue from 2003 to 2008. I didn't know they existed then. So <laughs> bad. Um, Ricky Luna uh, has continued to act with uh, one episode appearances on Boston Public, Lizzie McGuire, and ER. Um, apparently, he has a Facebook page. He's still trying to make music. Maybe not as successful as some of the other ones, but uh, hey, at least he's trying, right? Um, mm-hmm. Then we also have TJ Fantini stopped acting following uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, but um, he did appear in the flick. Drive-In, not Drive with Ryan Gatling, but Drive-In in, in the year 2000. So he kind of fell off the face of the earth a little bit. And then finally, one that we were recently made aware of, like you said, on The Voice would be Tony Luca. He starred on a short-lived Soap Malibu Shores. Before working on solo music, he was second runner-up on the second season of The Voice.
0: No, third.
1: Third season. This article the third says second season.
0: Well, you know, he was...
1: I don't know, you're going to have to look I, it up, sir.
0: I could have sworn he was on the third season.
1: The keyboard is there for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Second season. Uh, second runner-up, second season, 2012. So, and he has been putting music out. Uh, Adam Levine was his coach, and, and they've been working together, and he's been he's been doing stuff as far as trying to get that out. Um, he had an EP in 2013. Um, so that's what he's been doing. So uh, a lot of the Mickey Mouse Club Mouseketeers have lived on and uh, continue to try to do, whether it be acting music or whatever. A lot of success came out of that show, a lot more than uh, you would expect out of just a random kids variety show. That's for sure.
0: Mm. All right. You uh, Well, <laughs> I do want to say that um, Lindsay Alley, one of the core of the three that were there the entire time, uh-huh. she was in Ernest Saves Christmas in 1988. Nice. So that was, that was before the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> but she was in Ernest Saves Christmas. She was in Bedtime Stories as the Hokey Pokey Woman in 2008. She was an, a woman on an episode of How I Met Your Mother. And As of this year, she plays a character called Judy in one episode of Disney's news show, I Didn't Do It.
1: Oh, I will also say that, uh, because I recognize her name, Dee Dee Magno Hall. um, Dee Dee Magno, who was one of the ones that was part of that group, The Party, that kind of spun off of the Mickey Mouse Club. She is a voice actress now. Um, She's the voice of Pearl in the animated series Steven Universe. Um, she's also credited as one of the students in uh, Sister Act 2, but that was during the same time that the show was going on. But uh, I know she's been doing some voice work uh, since the show aired. So I don't want to say that only the people that we mentioned were doing anything. There, Like I said, there was 35 different Mouseketeers. Um, so there's good chance that some of those other ones are, are doing something along the lines of acting or, or singing. Those are just the ones that we are aware of, mm. which means it is time for us to take... Take a quick commercial break. You're going to hear some uh, clips from the Mickey Mouse Club, some uh, bits probably containing a bunch of the people we just mentioned, as well as some important GeekCast Radio stuff, and we'll be right back after the break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's new show, The Telecast, with some important information on our theme song contest. The rules for this contest are pretty simple. In season one of The Telecast, we'll be covering 33 classic kids shows from the 80s and 90s. Obviously, all of these shows had theme songs, which sometimes can be the most memorable part of a show. This contest is going to test your memory on those theme songs. How is that, you may ask? Well, because we have taken 32 of those classic theme songs and smashed them into one three-minute clip. Your job is to identify the order in which these 32 shows appear in that three-minute clip. Also, you must be able to identify which one of the 33 shows was left out of the clip. Some of the shows should be fairly easy for you to identify, while others may be a bit trickier. For a list of all the shows in Season 1 and more information on the contest, visit the Telecast page at geekcastradio.com. Also, remember to tune in to every episode of the Telecast, because each episode will contain that show's theme song in its entirety at the beginning of the show, as well as the three-minute contest song towards the end of the show. This has been Optimus Solo from the Telecast, saying
0: good luck and happy listening. remote control is the new tv podcast from the geekcast radio network we'll be covering tv shows and topics from the year 2000 to whenever now is we'll have special themed episodes entitled pilot and season premieres as well as finishing finales we'll also have season pass episodes where we take a look at an entire season of a tv show remote control can be found on itunes stitcher and www.geekcastradio.com so tune in because we are all remote controlled
1: Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's The Telecast, coming to you with an important message about our Listener's Choice episode. That's right, for the first time in GeekCast Radio Network history, we are giving you, the listener, a chance to choose the topic in one of our shows. This is how you can cast your vote for what the topic should be. Head on over to GeekCastRadio.com and click on the Telecast tab at the top of the page. Once there, you can find our complete Season 1 schedule with all 35 episodes. Please look this over, because we would hate for you to cast your vote for a show that is already on our schedule. Once you've done this, just scroll to the section titled Listener's Choice and click on the Comments button. All that's left for you to do now is to cast your vote through a comment. For example, you might say, Hey! I see that Nick Arcade is not in your Season 1 lineup, so I'd like to cast a vote for Nick Arcade to be the Listener's Choice episode. It's that simple, so please go cast your vote for your favorite show and stay tuned for Episode 34 to see which show becomes our very first Listener's Choice. That does it for now. This has been Optimus Solo from the Telecast.
0: Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience
1: paid off? All right. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. And you're probably wondering, now that we've been talking about that, uh, 45 to an hour. How can you watch the all-new Mickey Mouse Club? Um, unfortunately, you don't have a ton of options.
0: <laughs>
1: we'll say that there is a a DVD out there. There's no there's no season sets. There's no show, uh, you know, DVD or Blu-ray version of the show that's out there. So you're not going to have any luck with that. However, there is a DVD out there that you can get on Amazon called Mickey Mouse Club, The Best of Brittany, Justin, and Christina. Although it does say there's only one left in stock. So you better hurry, folks. Um, it's <laughs> not very expensive. You can get it for less than 20 bucks probably less than 15 bucks. Um, So apparently there is some form of DVD out there. I don't know how much of, uh, I'm assuming that's not any type of bootleg or anything like that. Um, You can get CDs, you can get some of the music from the from the show or from the concerts. That's available. But as far as like actually getting like your hands on a physical DVD Blu-ray that consists of more than just the best of a couple of the the stars, you don't really have much luck in the DVD Blu-ray uh, category. Right, you no, also, I'm
0: really I'm really surprised that they didn't do what SNL does. SNL used to do single-disc DVDs, best of Adam Sandler, best of Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised they didn't do a single-disc DVD for each of those...
1: Main uh, stars that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, because people would buy that. Um, or if they just had, like, a, a instead of a best of, just of person, just a best of the show type thing or something, or top ten episodes like some things will do if they don't want to do the whole thing but uh, really besides that best of DVD, no options for DVD, Blu-ray, you're really your only option to see anything about this show is to go to YouTube or another video service like that Um, there is I believe this whole, most of this whole DVD is on YouTube because Mm -hmm. there is a YouTube video that's about an hour and some length it's over an hour that you Mm -hmm. can watch that has the best of and it's titled the same thing you can see some uh you definitely can go to youtube and catch songs that were done there individual songs you can find the intros you can find the roll call as for like full-on episodes really not much available the only thing I could find were little clips, little songs, and then this hour-long video that's the best of, of these people, which that's probably the best. your best bet is just to check that out. It'll give you a good cross-section of everything. You'll see some of the skits like Mike was talking about. You'll see some of the concert uh, clips like I was talking about. You'll see the intros, the roll call. You'll see a lot of things. And then one thing that you do get um, that I forgot to talk about in the, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly So another interesting part about some of these stars is they they'll even have like little vignettes that are like a closer look at the star, a -hmm. closer look at this Mouseketeer. I saw one specifically um, of Britney Spears where it literally is following Britney Spears to her hometown and you're seeing Britney Spears... um, Ride her go kart, uh, play basketball, help at her grandma's seafood place where she's like shelling crawfish and eating them right on camera there in front of you. Um, she at one point she's cheering on her dad who's playing some type of softball game or something like that, and it's just interesting. I only bring that up because it's an interesting look in these little. Vignettes that they did—that they probably never expected these people to be famous later—so it wasn't a big deal. But in these little vignettes into their hometown or into the life of them outside of the show, it's interesting mm-hmm. because you know the drama that happens with their family afterwards, and you know some of the, you know, some of the inner details of that. So just to see this, you know, the innocent kid who's not to that point in her life yet is interesting and i'm sure they did similar things throughout that on you know christina jt etc so it might be worth your time to check it out if you're a fan of any of these people um or if you want to see if you're a fan of the you know cheesy music kids music from the 80s and 90s Uh, like mike said though it's the skits aren't super great so you will have to suffer through that or skip ahead to, to get to different songs. I did see on that YouTube clip that was the best of, there is a, a song by Christina that is pretty amazing coming out of that you know, 14, 15-year-old's uh, vocal cord. So mm-hmm. there is some highlights in there that, that might be worth your watch. All right. We always like to uh, give our shows ratings. And for this show, it's just simply a one through four rating for the rest of season one. We're keeping it consistent with how we've done season one up to this point. So number one would be the show did not appeal to me then, and it doesn't now. Number two would be I liked the show back in the day, but I don't really need to watch it again. Three would be I loved this show, and I still watch it whenever I have the chance. And four would be I need this on DVD, Blu-ray, or some type of physical set so I can have it at my disposal. TFG1, Mike, what do you think?
0: Two. All right. Uh, I mean, going by your rating scale, and I'm sure by the time we get to season two, we're going to change it to the current GCR Universal rating system. But it's one of those things going by this rating scale, yeah, what episodes I did see back in the day I enjoyed, going back to it now, I don't ever need to watch it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm right with you. Um, I almost would be at a one because I didn't necessarily, it wasn't the show that I watched a lot as a kid. It wasn't one that I sought out. But I do remember enjoying it. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed, you know, some of the stuff back in the day, the few episodes that I see, even though I didn't remember them, I do remember somewhat having positive memories of the show. But I don't necessarily need to watch it. I, I mean, it's fun to see what they looked like. It's fun to hear them and maybe watch like a couple minutes of it. You know, mm-hmm. five, ten minutes of each person singing and acting will be fine. But I don't. I don't need to watch the show from beginning to end by any means. So I'm with you on two on that one. Yeah. All right. Anything that we haven't said about the all new Mickey Mouse Club that, uh, how about, uh, should there be a revival? No. <laughs> Disney, you know, Disney does a lot of stuff they do. And we were talking JT and I were talking about this last episode that these types of shows like the elephant show, like kids incorporated, like Mickey Mouse club, like, uh, even if you want to, you know, without the, take the singing part out and have something like you can't do that on television, but these types of variety, skit, or, or music-based kid shows really don't exist right now. And I don't know if there's a space for them or if it's, or what, but it seems like Disney and a lot of the channels have much, and I said the same thing to JT, so I'm just saying it because I want to get your reaction of it too, but all these channels have, instead of doing anything like that, seem to be obsessed with going the kid sitcom route. And I'm not talking, like, Saved by the Bell or whatever, but I'm talking about, like, all the different Disney sitcom shows that have come out over the last 10, 15 years. 20
0: years. In 20 years. And
1: it seems like like that's the only thing that they're interested in, is doing these shows, like, like, you know, I'm not saying there's not stars, like, you know, like we had with Hannah Montana or Lizzie McGuire or whatever it is, or I don't mm -hmm. know, all the live-action shows, Mm but... uh, but it doesn't seem like they too much where it's just a group of kids doing skits, doing variety shows, doing music. And I don't know, is that just something that we'll never see again? Or is there a space for that now if they did it right?
0: That's the, that's the problem. Air quotes, if they did it right. That's the problem. Disney had something with uh, Sonny with a Chance. Sonny with a Chance started out as two shows started out with uh, Sonny and and her little adventures, and she was a super fan of this show called So Random. So Random is a show within Sonny with a Chance, and as uh, uh, Demi Lovato wanted to leave and explore other things, they said, okay, well, we're going to then cancel Sonny with a Chance, but we're going to rebrand it and make So Random the show within a show, its own show. And so Random actually had Selena Gomez. They had... It It basically turned into the skit show you're saying you'd like to see. It turned into a kid version of Saturday Night Live. They had Selena Gomez on as a musical guest. They had uh, Andy Grammer. They had... Um, they had your girl. Um... Christina uh crap what the Christina Grimmie that was the first time I'd ever heard of Christina Grimmie it was on the Disney Channel <laughs> until she appeared on The Voice uh, a couple seasons ago. Um you know, so they tried it and <laughs> it just right now what Disney Channel wants is they want those family shows. They want shows like Lizzie McGuire, like the famous Jet Jackson, like Hannah Montana, like the sweet life shows. Like um Good Luck Charlie. Good Luck Charlie was their number one show, number one family show for the longest time. It lasted four seasons. Uh, currently right now, Girl Meets World, the sequel series to Boy Meets World, is going strong. They've got Jessie, which is another family comedy kind of show. And I think that's where they are in their television medium right now. I don't think on Disney Channel you could have a variety show at this point. Um... I, th- I think a I, channel
1: could pull it off, based on the presence of YouTube and internet and things like that. Like, I think it would be easier to f- like, because to pull this show off, like this, number one, you need the talent. You can't pull it yeah. off if you have a bunch of kids that can't can't sing, do whatever. And mm-hmm. I just think it's easier now than it ever has been to find that talent. Um, you don't even need to hold auditions at as far as a stage one, you can scour the internet and find people and invite them to auditions. And I think there's enough talent and there's enough, um, access mm-hmm. to find the right cast. Um, obviously you would need a good writing career. You'd need a good you know director as far as, pulling the whole ensemble together, but I I think they could do it. I just, I, isn't, obviously the trick for anything is doing it right, but I just, I really think the ability to do that is out there, and with as popular as people are scouring YouTube videos and whatever, all it would take is to get a couple of these to fill the cast full of people that already have followings on YouTube, and that show would be successful.
0: And I agree to that. To a certain extent, see, the problem is, is that Disney is too interested in going for the over-the-top funny. Like, they have this show called I Didn't Do It and they used to have this show called Prank Stars where kids would prank their parents and this is what I'm saying. They're experimenting with all these types of shows and to, to me personally, I Didn't Do It is not my type of... It's not anything I would watch. Um, and I watch a lot of the Disney Channel. I mean... I really really do but it's just there's just certain times when they have shows that just do not they just do not agree with me whatsoever um (laughs) if they wanted to do it like like what you're saying I could see it surviving maybe two or three four seasons on like their Disney XD which is their teen branding channel uh which is their you know action kind of show channel it has um Uh, you know stuff like lab rats and pair of kings and all the car you know it it has the new cartoon star wars rebels and all that kind of stuff so like you know it's and burn scene so i could see that the kind of show that you're looking for to see if it could come back i could see it kind of surviving there but on disney channel proper there's no room right now i think there could be all right um
1: i'd like to thank tfg and mike for joining me today um And, of course, I would like to thank you, the listener, for joining us here on the Telecast. If you want to leave us feedback for the show, a couple main ways to do this. First of all, visit the website, www.geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our different podcasts. Uh, You can visit and see all the different blogs that are coming out, all the different episodes. Everything, there's usually a lot of discussions going on on those episode pages, so that's the best thing is to go to www.geekassradio.com Second, you can rate our show uh, and leave us feedback in iTunes. Please do this if you have at all a free minute. We would very much appreciate it, and we will read whatever you leave us for feedback on a future show. Um, If you want your comments to actually be played on a future show, call the voicemail line 502-526-5821 Just tell us your name and that you're leaving a message for the telecast. And... Finally, if you want to keep up to date with all things GeekCast related, the best way to do that is to become a fan of us on Facebook, search out GeekCast Radio Network, and Mike will keep you up to date with every single thing we release at the network and all the different news items. He'll tease you, he'll deliver what's up and what's new and what's coming up, and that is the best way to keep in touch.
0: What's new is we have a new remote control.
1: Yes, so check (laughs) out remote control stuff as well if you're a fan of TV podcasts. All right, so that does it for now. We hope we succeeded in entertaining you, informing you, and most importantly, unleashing the geek in you on this episode of The Telecast. And We hope that you'll tune in for our next episode when we'll check out another of our music block shows, Kids Incorporated. For now, I am your host, Optimus Solo, with...
0: The one and only, tf and Mike.
1: Oh, don't say that again. And tune in soon for another episode of The Telecast.
0: Guys,
1: ready, ready, ready. ready.